Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio and Fans Only Sports Network. For this special episode, I am Adam Wright. So, I'm proud to announce that I have accepted an internship with the semi-pro football team known as the New England Bearcats, broadcasting their games. I'll be doing play-by-play, and our co-host, CJ Medeiros, will be doing color commentary. He would be here with us, but he had other things to do. Um, But he'll be here next week. Uh, So the the Bearcats played their first game last Saturday, beating the main machine 14-6. to So we will also be interviewing players on our show right here. So... Frankie, Cor- Frankie uh, Desiderio and Brian Cody were unable to make it. They'll be able to come next week. But here we have Chris Martin. He's from Derry, New Hampshire, wide receiver for the New England Bearcats. His first year there, but he's been playing uh, in sem- semi-pro football since 2012. So, um, Chris Martin. Uh, so, Chris. Welcome to the show. He's here on on the phone right now. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey through football. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. Um, so yeah, yeah, like you said, uh, I've been playing since, uh, since 2012. Um, I didn't uh, play any college ball, and uh, I, I really didn't have any experience at the high school level either, um, just due to work and, and lifestyle back then. Um, but about 19 or 20, uh, I heard about the, um, the Wolfpack in Manchester and went out and ended up trying out and playing with them for a few years. And then, uh, they had a, uh, an affiliate, um, the Timberwolves. And so I played for them. Uh, they ended up getting bought out by the, uh, Northeast empire, I played with them for a couple of years. Um, then had a stint with the, uh, the Southern New Hampshire Beavers for about a year. Um, and then I was with GSD for, uh, Granite State Stories for about the last five years. Um, and then this is, this is my first year with the Bearcats playing spring football. Uh, I was committed to playing with them last year, but I ended up breaking my ankle in the winter time and, and missed out on their games. Um, and then they went on to win the championship last year. So. This is my first year with them, and I'm looking to looking to run it back. Awesome. So you mentioned uh, bef- uh, before when you um, that you um, that you you didn't really have much uh, fo- any really football experience before uh, playing semi pro football. So what was sort of the process to you know sort of learning the game uh, all while playing it at the same time? So I mean, I. Even though time commitment wise, um, in high school, like I was working two jobs. Um, so I didn't get to play, um, on the team, obviously. Uh, I love football growing up my whole life. So I was always playing in my spare time backyard. Uh, anybody who went to, uh, Pinkerton in, uh, in the early 20, 2010s before that, uh, they knew we played pickup games every Wednesday, um, and then, so the process of playing organized football for the first time, really in your life, uh, it's it's a little intimidating going in. Uh, most of these guys have played high, at least high school. A lot of guys played at uh, either D three or above college. 
Um, but there's a lot of people like me there as well that, you know, they kind of they loved the game and they wanted to play when they were older. It's just 18 plus and we signed up and uh, it was tough the first couple of years. Uh, just just learning lingo and learning the routes and learning uh, the scheme and and just kind of the travel and you it's semi-pro so you have to buy your own gear uh, stuff like that so it was just a it's just a big learning curve uh, but the love for the game and the, the the knowledge of playing football was always there uh, even though I didn't really have the experience in in high school and in college Definitely. I would imagine, man, pl- I've played a lot of pickup. I never played myself, but playing, you know, a lot of pickup, it's a lot of fun. So, uh, when you, you, when you played, um, you know, just with your friends, did you have any, did you have any favorite positions to play like quarterback wide receiver or any, anywhere like that? Yeah, it was always, I mean, it varied depending on who was there, but it, receiver, always always stuck out to me uh just you know it's just a flashy position um you get to you get to show off you know so yeah i bet that's the it's the same that's the same with me definitely big wide receiver guy i love catching catching footballs always and especially you know when you have that relationship with your with your quarterback where you just you guys are just on the same page and you're just you know and then you catch touchdowns and then you're you're celebrating the play with your quarterback. That just feels, I mean, just I, like I said, I, I never really, I didn't play, but you know, just playing, playing pickup football. That was definitely like one of the, um, that was definitely one of the, one of the, one of the, uh, the highlights from that. Uh, but looking back at, uh, looking back at a uh, semi-pro football. So there's obviously a lot of media coverage of what life is like as a, a pro football player. Uh, but there's not really much on semi-pro athletes. So would you be able to take us through a little bit of what it's like sort of being uh, being a pro athlete or a, a semi-pro athlete? Yeah, no, it, uh, I mean, these last few years, it's gotten a lot better exposure-wise. Um, there's some people out doing some some great things, um, like uh, Link Bishop, the media, the third, um, Spin Move 360. So there's, there's people doing a, a lot of coverage on us now and getting semi-pro a lot more exposure now, which is great, um, and what you're doing as well. Um, it'd be great to see you do this in the future as well, even after your internship. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it's, uh, I mean, it's kind of just a you-have-to-love-it kind of thing. Uh, it's not like playing rec basketball uh, or – or beer league softball like you whether you wake up in the morning like i do real early go to work and then go get beat up one day a week for practice and then pad up against an opponent on the weekends and then most of the time have to go to work in the morning um it's not fun going to work uh woozy because you got a concussion or limping around because you got a helmet to the knee or something uh, so that's not fun. Uh, you gotta, it's, it's something you gotta love. You gotta love the game. You gotta love playing. You gotta love, uh, the game more than the pain kind of like it's, uh, there's a, there's a lot of guys, um, 
that literally go to practice. They it's six to eight at night, and then they go work the graveyard shift, like right out of work. Um, there's other guys that have worked all morning from five a.m. till <clears throat> till three o'clock in the afternoon, and then drive down from Boston to play for a, a New Hampshire team or a Maine team or something like that, um, just to practice. It's a uh, it. We, a lot of us like to think we're great and like amazing players like the NFL and stuff like that, but it's more of a a love for the game, want to still stay athletic and still play uh, the game you love and you deal with the consequences, uh, especially the older you get. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a pay-to-play league and we pay in multiple ways, but you, you got to enjoy it and and you go out there every week and do it. Yeah, certainly. Um, so you, you mentioned doing. Uh, so you mentioned that a lot of a lot of you guys have other jobs uh, that you work. What kind of what kind of work that you do you do outside of uh, outside of uh, football? Uh, so since 2012, I've had a couple different jobs. Um, most of my life, I worked in the restaurant. Uh, so my first few years, I was literally working a double shift. And then either on my breaks, like I'd take like a couple hour break for the night shift, I'd go <coughs> do my game on a Saturday uh, afternoon or just find a way to get that day off or something like that. Um, and then for the last few years, I worked as a FedEx driver. Um, so going in and it's 6 a.m. to do that. Um, but right now, my, uh, I'm a carpenter. Um, so like I said, it's, it's tough waking up at four o'clock in the morning after you've been beat up, uh, on the field, especially getting older. Um, and then going doing a physical job like that, uh, which a lot of the players in this league do. Um, obviously there's some people that have office jobs and stuff like that, but, uh, in my experience, most of us are working some sort of labor intensive, uh, job outside of football. Yeah. So you mentioned, um, so you mentioned that there's a lot, a lot of players have a lot of trouble, um, sort of, uh, sort of being able to, you know, do all both of these at once. Um, so you personally, have you had any, any difficulty sort of balancing, you know, semi-pro football along with, uh, you know, being, uh, do, uh, working the jobs that you do? Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, when I was in the restaurant, it was tough because we play our games uh, for the most part. Uh, I played on teams where we played Saturday like early at like one. But for the most part, the games are Saturday, Saturday nights. Um, so if you work in a in a non-traditional job where like a restaurant or something like that, where you're working mostly nights and weekends, it's really tough to uh, – to make that work. Um, and some people are, are able to navigate that easier than others. Uh, myself, when I was younger and working in the restaurant, football came first. So I would work my entire schedule around that. Um, but now I work a Monday through Friday, early morning job. So it's more just keeping the motivation that once you're out of work, that you still have to flip that switch and go to practice or to a game as well. 
So it, it, it can be difficult for a lot of people, but you, you get what you put into it. So some people work really hard to, uh, to make it work. And some other people can only make it work when it's possible. It, it varies for everybody. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we, we've been sort of levitating a little bit towards a little bit and towards some, you know, uh, life outside of, uh, of football. I'd like to st- sort of st- uh, stay there for a little bit and ask sort of, you know, what sort of ac- uh, extra cu- uh, extracurricular activities do you enjoy outside the game of football? Like, you know, uh, what, what kind of other interests do you have? Uh, so when I was, I'm this year, this uh, year I'll be 30 playing this season. Uh, so before back in the day, um, anything active uh i'd go play paintball anybody playing pickup basketball down at the park um any sort of any sort of physical activity i could do uh is what i try to get out and do the most um now now that i'm getting a little older a little more beat up like i said uh i'd like to i'll go home relax play some video games uh stay young that way um just started uh coaching high school football again so in the summers my uh my life is work semi-pro football high school football try to get some sleep and some food in there as well yeah it's 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 uh it's more of a just uh find ways to relax kind of outside of football Nice. So back when, so back when you used to play, um, you know, play other, uh, pickup sports, did you ever, did you have a favorite outside of football that you liked to, uh, that you liked to play? Uh, it, it really, I liked everything. So it depended on the season. Uh, so if it was getting cold outside, I used to, uh, I'd like to play, uh, I'd sign up for the, uh, indoor bat rec basketball leagues, uh, adult basketball leagues. And then, spring summer just a nice relaxing day i'd like to uh i do softball uh low impact low risk just just a fun way to get out there and move around um but most of us add a lot of flag football into our into our off season and off time as well uh me not as much as others but a lot of the people that I play with, they they do a lot of flag football on top of this. Like, I'm at a very high level as well. <clears throat> nice. What was the so what what was the most that you uh, used to do when you know you were playing a lot more uh, a lot more sports? Uh, like at my peak, I'd be I'd have football, so that's uh, two to three nights a week. Um, and then I'd have a like a softball league going, and then like in the summer I'd have a softball league going, and then I'd go play pickup basketball down. If anybody knows Derry, New Hampshire, um, down at Hood Park, uh, run some basketball down there. So I was in in the heyday when the knees were great. I was uh, I was doing something active almost every day. That's awesome, man. Hey, so levitating a little bit more back towards, uh, towards semi-pro football, towards your uh, playing, what kind of mindset do you set, uh, going into games that you're about to play? 
Like, what do you, what kind of, what sort of place do you set yourself mentally? So everybody's different, um, just like in anything else. There's people that are over the top, like high energy, high in your face, let's go, like kind of mentality. Um, me, I kind of just, I get, I get lost in it. Um, it's like a, it's one of those, it's one of the rare times where you can just go out there and you don't think about anything. You just, you're out playing football. Um, it helps a lot when you, when you play with a team where where you like really care about your teammates and and you have a lot of good friends on there. But for me, I, I go out there and I don't have to think about anything. Um, my job doesn't matter. <clears throat> um, any problems going on outside of work? I mean, outside of football, don't matter. Uh, I just have a blank mind, um, just just based on football for a solid two hours. Um, it's it's like an escape. So when my when my switch flips, I don't like get all hype and go crazy and go nuts. Um, I just I just zone. I get into a zone where. For the next two hours, this is all that matters, and yeah, it's it's that's that's where my head goes when when they know it's game time. So what I'm getting at is you're very when game when when game time sort of comes, you're more you know calm and collected and sort of you know, uh, but still you know still focused. Is that is that kind of the the mindset that you get into? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it, it's different for everybody. Every team has that one guy who's jumping around uh, getting everybody's face getting everybody hyped up everybody going uh but for me it's i'm laser focused on what what we're doing that day um and i'm just i'm just ready to play like like i said nothing else matters i'm just ready to go out there and do whatever we need to do to win that game Awesome. So, um, looking at do, going in, you know, whatever you need to do to win to win games. So, are there any? So, a lot of you know, a lot of athletes. As a former athlete myself, uh, I know there's a lot of. I've had a lot of teammates with a lot of superstitions who do a lot of who do a lot of interesting things before games. Um, su- sort of in a superstitious manner. Do you have any sort of superstitions that you have going into games? Not so much. Uh, I mean, like a couple routines I have where I have to uh, like spat my ankles a certain way at a certain time before the game starts, like in a certain time period. Um, I show up and I like to be like I like to just get ready, be be suited up, be ready to go. Because um, I feel I feel like I have to be in that. Football is totally different when you're not padded up and you don't have a helmet on than it is when you are. So I like to, I need to get there, get my pads on, get my helmet on, warm up that way. Uh, so my body is ready for that. It's not, I go and run around just, just shorts and a t-shirt. Um, Cause then I, I, I get in that mode and it's hard to explain, but like, I need to be my body needs to feel the pads and the helmet. So I know that I'm in that zone where my body needs to move with those become like almost one with those, those parts. So they move with you. Um, 
but outside of that, no, I don't have like a like a I have to eat lasagna before the game, <laughs> or, or like I have to run to the twenty and back. I don't have any of those. Um, just more of a more of a routine for me than a than a superstition almost. Yeah, man. I mean, you'd be surprised what you, what you would hear from other athletes. I used to, so I used to hop on with one of my good friends on their, uh, on their, on their baseball show and he interviews uh, minor league players. And there was one who straight up, he keeps gummy bears in his back pocket in the dugout. Uh, he's a, he's a, he was a relief pitcher and he straight up just had gummy bears that he would eat. He would, I think he would eat like one per outing. It was, it was some weird stuff. And there was other stuff that we saw that was, it was interesting, but that, I mean, your, yours kind of, kind of makes sense. It's sort of, you know, it's, you know, running around and playing in, in pads is a lot different than playing in, in uh, shorts and shorts and a t-shirt. So you kind of want to get suited up early, kind of get, get sort of get in there and, you know, go through your warm-ups and run around uh, like that so that you're ready to go. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, because, like, like you, if you just run around catching passes, it's different than when you have a face mask in your face. Like, so I just have to my, – my body just has to get acclimated with the fact that, hey, you're going to have a helmet on. People are going to be trying to hit you. You're going to have to twist and move your body with these restrictions that the pads and the, and the, the compression stuff put on you. So I just have to get into there. Um, but uh, – <laughs> on what you were saying, semi-pro has some players that have some very uh, weird and strange pre-game, <laughs> pre-game warm-up suspicions, uh, superstitions, and stuff like that. It's, so I hear you on that. It gets weird. Yeah, so it certainly does get a little weird. But I mean, you're like I said, man. You're I mean, you're, yours make, yours makes a lot of sense. I will say, it's you know just trying to you know being being prepared, just trying to you know. Get the best version of yourself out there to put your best foot forward. And, you know, some people have some interesting stuff to kind of, you know, set themselves in the right spot mentally and just be like, I have to eat gummy bears right before I, I go out and pitch. You know, it's 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 yeah. interesting, but it, it works. So if it ain't broke, don't fix yeah, it, right? Yeah, whatever, whatever gets your mind in the place you need to be at, uh, have at it. Exactly. Um, so what do you have uh, – so I've got I've got to ask: Do you have any? Is there a football player, or an athlete uh, in the pros that you sort of look up to and sort of uh, model your game after? I mean, I, you know, any I think it's the same as any other five ten slot receiver that plays in semi pro football uh, in, around my age. Like we all grew up watching. Troy Brown, Wes Welker, and then we all try to emulate Julian Edelman. I mean, uh, if you're under six feet tall playing wide receiver in New England, most of the slot receivers of that height and stature are wearing bright red receiver gloves because we all we all want to be Julian Edelman. Um, not only just the way he plays, just his style, his grit, his, his, his little bit of trash talking, you know. So... I fit that mold as well. Like he, uh, he, he epitomizes football for me. So that's, that's kind of who I, I watched and, and try to emulate as best as possible. Even if I didn't come close to, uh, <laughs> come close to matching it, that's who I, if I could have been somebody, that's who I'd try to be. 
So you sort of, okay, awesome. So you sort of value that, you know, hard-nosed toughness, you know, blow right through your face kind of, you know, guy who's, you know, he's tough. And, but he, you know, he brings it when he's, when he's really out there, sort of that kind of, that kind of player. Yeah. I mean, cause I, I, I myself am, uh, I'm not, I'm not the fastest. I'm not, obviously I'm not very tall, five ten, Um, but I, I pride, I pride myself in, and, and got like seeing him, the fact that you're willing to go over the middle, get hit, make the play, move on, um, not staying down. You know, just kind of, you, you just got, you weren't blessed with the skills, so you, you, you make it through with toughness and grit. Certainly. Uh, so, I mean, I, so I, I noticed you did mention uh, two, uh, two New England football players uh, in Wes Welker and Julian Edelman, uh, who do both have the same, uh, who do both have the same play style. Uh, are you a, so are you, are you a New England Patriots fan or? Yeah, so uh, my sister when I was gro- when we were growing up in uh, in Willamette, uh, Willow Connecticut, she uh, she was a cheerleader for the Pop Warner team there, and I was probably like four, uh, and they were the just the Connecticut Raiders or whatever. So from half of my life, I, I the Raiders were my team just because that's what I saw, even though it was a Pop Warner team. I saw that logo, saw the black, saw the silver. So that was my team. Um, but then you turn 12, you grow up, your dad's watching what he's watching, you get into it. So pretty much since I've been 11, 12, it's been Pats all the way. Wait, so so let me so let me just, let me ask you, were you a fan during the, uh, during the tuck rule? Oh, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? It's, I mean, my my outtake on, on quarterbacks is they're always going to change the change the game for them. Uh, <laughs> regardless, uh, it worked out for us, so I'm like, I'm let that that ruling stand. But uh, like I said, they're gonna every year they're gonna change something because something that happened to a quarterback that year. Uh, All right. I mean, you can't hit him in the head because somebody got hit in the head. You can't hit him in the legs because Brady blew up his ACL. Every year they're going to change something for the quarterback. So either that that call went our way, so I accept it the way it is. <laughs> yeah, it, it is interesting how they call things uh, in favor of quarterbacks sometimes, especially with the unnecessary roughness rule, the roughing roughing the passer. I remember in 2018, uh, they, that rule was just uh, just unbelievably poorly called i felt it was there were it's either the a, a quarterback would get absolutely smothered and they wouldn't call anything and there were also a, a moments where you know they would they would sort of um they, the the play the edge rusher would barely touch him and they would call a flag it was it yeah, was crazy it was it was crazy um but going back to sort to your uh your career so across all your time in semi in semi-pro football. So going through all your time in, uh, in semi-pro football, um, what is your, what is sort of your all-time favorite memory from, you know, from, from playing? Uh, so I gotta say 
football is about winning. So 2019, um, the uh, I was on the Grand Estate Destroyers, and we won the uh, the ECFL championship. Um, we went down to their Rhode Island. We went down to their home field and beat them on their field and won the championship. Um, and it was just – it was a great feeling. Like, I had players on that team – a lot of new players that have only played with that one year, but I had a lot of players that, that I've been playing with throughout the years on different teams since 2012. And we were all came together. We were all on that team. Um, we won that championship game and we all just like lost our mind because we've all been doing it for so long and, and had never won the whole thing. And, <clears throat> and we all went crazy. And is that's probably my, best experience obviously because winning um and just just doing it with guys that i've i've been teammates with for forever for seven eight years at that time um yeah it was that was crazy especially since again we were we had to travel down to their field play it on their field and, and we're in the parking lot with with champagne and just celebrating uh uh our first year in the league celebrating a league championship is just crazy. Yeah, certainly winning is winning is definitely great, especially after you don't, you know, you play a few years with that and sometimes come up short. How many, so when, when you were coming up short for the, for that uh, stretch of time, was your team still making the playoffs or was it one of those things where they were kind of uh, coming up uh, just short? So I've played on some pretty bad teams. Um, and then I played on some pretty great teams. So there was a couple of years where we were fringe playoff. We made the playoffs, but we did knocked out in the first round. Um, stuff like that. And then being on on uh, GSD, the, the Destroyers, we uh, we were always right there. Um, like always in the playoffs, always one of the top two, three teams. Um, but then something would happen. Uh, like we'd had a, we had a year where we ended up going through like five quarterbacks um, just because of injury and and life outside of football. Um, people having babies can't show up, stuff like that. Um, but we were always right there. Like we were always one, two, three plays away from being in the championship, winning the championship, um, and then sort of finally add the right pieces and and actually get over that hump is crazy. It's incredible. So which so uh, which of those years would you say was the most disappointing where you say, man, I, we really should have had that one? Is there any one, uh, one game that or season that sort of sticks out to you where you're saying, ah, you got to have it, you know? Yeah, so I'd say probably the year after our championship game, um, we were coming in, we were – we were ranked uh, like top. We were ranked, I think, one or two or three in the country as semi-pro football teams um, because we'd also gone and won a national championship down in uh, Schenectady in New York. Uh, we played a, another a team from another league, won the national championship. So we came in very highly ranked, especially in our league. Um, but we had some turnover. Uh, different quarterback, um, but still we were right there. We were in the uh, the North 
the North Championship game. So whoever won that would go on to, to the league championship. And uh, and we just we couldn't get the pieces together. And, and we should have beat these guys. Um, no disrespect to them at all, but yeah. But but we should have beat these guys, and we just we didn't come together and and put together the game that we should have. Uh, so we beat ourselves more than more than they beat us, which those those losses always suck way more than if someone comes in and just just steps on your neck. Like when you know that you lost the game, they didn't beat you. It sucks a lot more. So I'd say probably 20, I believe it was 2020. Um, yeah, just that one hurt the most, I'd say, because we were right there and just beat ourselves. Were there any sort of instances where that was kind of apparent, where, you know, you guys just didn't gel, but um, if you had, you know you would have had it? Like, is there anything specific? Yeah, so, I mean, like like I said, we, we changed quarterbacks that year. Um the quarterback that we won a championship with, uh, he had moved on to another team. Um, we brought in another great, uh, another great quarterback. Um, it was no fault of his own. Uh, but we, uh, I, the longer you're around semi-pro, the more you realize you can tell from the sideline who's going to win and who's going to lose that game. And because a bunch of it's a bunch of grown adults. And so you can tell if they're getting at each other's throats on your own sideline or, or the vibe's not right on your, your own sideline, you can kind of tell how that game's going to go. And that's just how it went. We, uh, things, when things would go even a little bit wrong, we got so down and, uh, and then the finger, the finger pointing and blaming and stuff starts to happen. Um, but again, that's semi bro. And that's how, you know, when you're on a really great team is when things are starting to go bad and your set, your demeanor doesn't change. And then when you're not, when you're on not such a good team is if things start going bad, the the finger pointing, the blaming, the arguing starts happening. And that's how you know that that's not your year. So, so you meant, that's when, sorry, sorry, go. Um, so, um, so you mentioned how, um, how sort of the what defines a team uh, when it comes to semi-pro is um, sort of how they are in the sideline, how they how they sort of mesh their te- their chemistry. Is it more of is it more sort of that uh, you know chemistry, how the players get along than uh, ta- the talent on the field? Yeah, I mean, obviously, teams come down. Talent is a huge factor. You're not gonna you're not gonna beat the the best ranked team most of the time you still can but you're not going to beat them most of the time if you just don't have any talent um but when you have that talent you gotta you gotta mesh and you gotta like i said you gotta be there for the ups and and be upbeat and like love it and enjoy it and stuff like that but once things are going the opposite direction you can't go the opposite direction with it because then at that point, it doesn't matter what talent you have. If offense is coming off the field saying defense, you're letting up all these points. Like you got to stop the turnover. You got to stop them from scoring. You got to do this. You got to do that. And you're, 
and then the defense is telling the offense they got to score and they got to keep us off the field and stuff like that. At that point, it doesn't matter what talent you have because you uh, you lost it. Like you you you're not working together anymore. At that point, you're you're one of eleven just trying to play for that one instead of the eleven, and it's it's. Like you said, it's semi-pro, it's not pro. So when your ego gets overpowers the talent that's on the team, that's how you know you're not you're not gonna win. Yeah, certainly. Um, so looking at the play on the field uh, and looking towards uh, your more recent game, so you guys as an offense uh, were able to move the ball a lot. Um, unfortunately, weren't able to put uh, as many points as the board as you m- might have wanted. Um, with 14 scoring about 14, two passing touchdowns. Uh, what adjustments are you guys looking to make uh, to translate into more scoring for the next game and uh, going forward in the season? Yeah, so like you said, we moved the ball a lot and we just, we just didn't finish drives. Um, uh, in my opinion, what that is, is that we have a lot of players that spring football is new to us. Uh, we've all been playing the summer leagues. Um, for a very long time. Frankie's been in it for, I don't know, he might have started semi-pro. It's been a long time. Uh, and we have a couple players that have just, we've, we've all just been doing it for a long time. So we all made the switch. Well, not so much the switch, but we started the, we took on the spring league experience. And so we all kind of came into it a little later. Um, we... We don't have like con- we don't have the continuity yet um, to put it all together. Uh, like I think I've caught probably twenty passes from Frankie, our quarterback. Um, so that's just we just got to get the reps and the and the continuity up, um, so we can just we can communicate on the field without having to spell it out and communicate with each other, if that makes any sense. Yeah, definitely. So what, I, what I'm getting at, it sounds like, um, you know, it's the beginning of the season. A lot of you guys are sort of are sort of new to the team and uh, perhaps new to football. And um, it, it seems that you guys are trying to sort of mesh and sort of get to know each other and get on the same page, uh, you know, for uh, uh, down the stretch for this season. Yeah, and like I said, we have we have a lot of guys that just even if we have been playing for a very long time, we haven't played together for a very long time, and so. But I, I can just tell with, I'm not in the defensive huddle and stuff like that, so I can't speak on that. They played great, um, but on the offensive side, um, I can just tell with the group of guys that we have that once we're all on the same page. Um, we won't be put. We'll be putting up a lot more than fourteen points because we we missed out on a lot of opportunities, a lot of scoring chances, strictly just because we weren't on the same page. We don't know each other's timing, speed, stuff like that. Absolutely, man. Um, is there is there a certain um, is there a certain formation, a certain play call that you guys um, that you guys were you know ex- uh, excelling the most at? Um, so it started to, uh, kind of like split 
gun. Um, so four receivers, one back, uh, shotgun. Um, Frankie, our quarterback, he could – the play action worked better for him out of that role um, just because he could catch a snap, put his hands out, and be looking down the field the whole time so he could see the field, uh, pull it, throw it if he if he saw something. Um instead of eye formation where he kind of has his back to the play. Uh, but uh, so I'd say that's that that started to work for us the best just for spreading the defense out, getting less guys in the box. Um, and, and it worked for our running game. Uh, we have a couple great running backs. Uh, so it got some guys out of the middle hitting them as well as Frankie, our quarterback, could see see the field during the whole play instead of having his back turned to it for a play action or something like that at a high formation. Certainly. It did appear we, and we, we, I will say we did notice from, uh, from the booth that, you know, you guys started off with a lot of eye formation, uh, a lot of run first plays. Um, but once you guys started sort of trans, uh, transitioning sort of into, uh, uh, more shotgun formation. Uh, the pass game opened things up for the rushing game. The 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 offense all around just flowed much smoothly. Is that something that you sort of that you sort of saw like as the game kind of went on? Yeah, because because like I said, he can see when he doesn't have to have his back turned to the game, um, and he can play action. He can see what we're seeing because any receiver can run back to huddle and be like, "Listen, I was wide open." Like, there was nobody near me. It turns out you got a safety on your back that you just didn't see. So when you come and you say, my slant's open, he says, no, somebody's undercutting it. You're just not seeing him. It's It works great for that. So be like, oh, cool. So I got to make this move or this adjustment. Um, so it's great. To, it, it works better for everybody to see what is happening at the same time. Um, as well as, like I said, uh, you put four guys out wide, you can't have – can't have eight in the box because you gotta you gotta play some sort of pass defense. So our, our running backs like like Rizzy and, and Cushman and Damon Damian uh, Davion, sorry. Uh, so they have a lot more room to run when you got when you're spread out. And so when you're spreading out the defense and your quarterback can see the whole field for the whole play, it, it, it works better for our style of play, I believe. Um, nothing wrong with smash mouth eye, eye formation football either. But it, when you get into a, a high, higher scoring game, it's going to be nice to have that spread spread offense in our in our uh, arsenal. Absolutely, and it it does certainly make sense as you know once you once you do snap the cor- snap the ball in an I formation, you have to turn and fake. And if you're not if you're going to do a pass play, you're going to fake hand the ball off to the running back, and from all that time. That he had his the the quarterback had his you know his back to, uh, turned you know you all you know that's time where uh, you could have been open or one of the wide receivers or one of the running backs out, uh, uh, on a short on an intermediate route could have been open and could have caught could have caught a pass and got some yards after the sort of some yards after the catch Is that sort of exactly. that sound so that sound that sort of sums up what um kind of how things went. Uh, this past Saturday. Yeah, um, like I said, once once we start finishing those drives, it, it, which we will, we'll fix some things. But uh, it'll be nice to to move the ball like that and then and then score on them as well. 
Absolutely, man. So just a couple questions left. Um, uh, one, here's one on who that's more on sort of a deep, on um, sort of more of a deeper level. Um, what, so what is, so in your time in football, what is one thing that you've learned, uh, playing football that you never would have learned, um, had you not played football at all? Uh, let's see. Um, I mean, the first thing that came to my mind is, is kind of just the work, the work ethic of a person. Um, you kind of, you learn to see through a lot of things. Um, which, tra- which translates to anything, translates to work, family, um, uh, just, just the friends and stuff like that. You can see kind of through people's, people's bull crap a little better because you see, uh, some people put on fake personas to, to, um, to like kind of up what you, what they want you to think about them. Um, whether it's skill level, uh, accountability, um, just whether that what they're saying is true or not. Um, so seeing that in people, uh, learning how to see through it, whether it's, whether it's real or whether it's fake. Um, and then on the flip side, there could be this quiet person who doesn't talk, who doesn't say anything, who doesn't get all hyped up, doesn't jump around in your face, doesn't do all this and that, but he's, one of the hardest working people, one of the most genuine people, um, and, and will have your back no matter what. Uh, so just, you see, you see a little bit of everybody in semi-pro, um, from all walks, from all upbringings, from everything. So just to being able to read people, um, and kind of see through certain things. And like I said, that translates to anything. Cause then once you can read people, you got the guy at work who's always, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this great and that great. And he's one of the the worst workers. And then, or he's great and, he, and it's true. But um, like I say, just, you, you get to read people because you get to see every walk of life and every kind of person. Um, but you don't really, you don't normally get to interact with so many, so many people on a daily basis in your, in your real life. I can certainly see how that would how that would work out because e- even just looking at the nature of you know the game, it's one of those things where you know everybody wants to point out at all these positions that are most important on the field and these this position's underrated, this position's you know overrated. A lot of people like to say it's a quarterback driven league, but let's say that let's say your your left tackle uh, isn't doing his job, and or you have a left tackle who's you know does who isn't at isn't you know doesn't doesn't do his job as well as he could have that then that quarterback isn't going to be able to do much because he's going to be he's going to be pressured all the time or that quarterback if he doesn't have you know very good if he doesn't have weapons um any uh player uh players to throw to then an, that's another thing where they might they might play uh, a little more on the, uh, the lackluster side so you know it's it's one of those it's the ult, you know it's the ultimate a uh, team sport where you know everybody has to do their job and everybody has to sort of have uh, be able to have chemistry with each other or else it all falls apart. Is that does that sort of sum things up? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and just one thing on that on that statement, um, 
just just so everybody out there knows, and this is coming from a wide receiver, uh, this is an offensive line driven league. Um, you don't win with a bad offensive line uh, <laughs> in this league. So, uh, big shout out to them, uh, all the all the hogs. They uh, they drive this game. Um, I've had I've played games with some amazing quarterbacks that look like you said they they look like a fifth string quarterback because you snapped the ball and you got three defenders in your face. Um, and I've seen absolutely mediocre quarterbacks, mediocre at best look very proficient because they have a great offensive line in front of them. So just, just wanted to throw that out there that this league is a hundred percent offensive line driven league instead of set a quarterback or, or even receiver running back defense. Yeah, that is that. I mean, that does make a lot of sense. Because you know the the court the wide receiver the you know the wide receiver can't get the ball if the quarterback um, you know is on his ass half the time, and the running back can't get much yardage if the if the if they're not getting any any sort of protection if they're and if they're not getting any holes, and if you know once you have a lackluster offensive you know a total offense from all of that then the the defense is going to get tired and you know that's. Um, and then you're going to have then you're going to have some issues issues with them because they're going they're not they're going to be get exhausted from playing all the time. That all that makes a lot of sense, and I I I could definitely see that not just not just at the semi pro league, but any you know anywhere sort of offensive line offensive lines matter definitely. Oh, absolutely. Like I I couldn't agree with that more. Like it's, but just like at this level, they're just so important that. Be, it's just, it's just astronomical the difference they can make when you have a good offensive line than when you have a bad one. Certainly. All right, all right, Chris. Here's our last question. Uh, this has been right. this has been awesome. Thank you for being with us. Um, so, what is one piece of uh, advice that you would offer to that one kid or young adult or anyone who is just starting out in football at any level? Uh, what what would you what sort of um what sort of advice would you offer them uh to sort of to be able to make an impact on on the game? Uh, I mean, step one, just do it. Like you, you can you, you can tiptoe around it all day, but I promise you, like if you're a young kid, um, just do it. Talk your mom or dad to signing you up. Uh, it's gonna be great. It's you're gonna have friends for the rest of your life, uh, and that that goes to any level of football. But especially when you're young, um, you, you're forced to meet people. You're forced to get intimate with people. Um, that locker room mentality, when in some instances can be bad, but for the most part, ninety nine percent of the time, that it, that creates a family uh, environment and. Um, even if you're not very good, um, you're gonna you're gonna get so much out of the experience uh, that it makes everything worthwhile. Um, so yeah, just just one, just do it, and two, soak everything up. Like learn from everybody. Uh, like I, I played with guys that have like not not NFL guys, like guys in our league that I try my absolute hardest to emulate. Um, Watch them, study them, try to do what they do. Uh, ask them for advice. Ask guys who play a different skill 
a different position than you, like what they see and what they think that you could do better. Cause the more you hear and the more you learn, like you're gonna, you're gonna absorb it. So even if like, like at my level, I, yeah, I started playing football, like they organized football, at like 1920. It just, you just learn from everybody. You take everything you can from everybody. You find out what works, what doesn't. You can file it down, narrow it down, um, and and make it your own. But when you're first learning, like learn from everybody, uh, and then over time, like I said, you'll learn what what was bad advice, what was good advice. But but in the beginning, just take take everything you can from everybody, um, and just like I said, one, just do it and, and, and enjoy it, and then two, just just be a sponge. That's awesome, man. All right, well, there you have it. Chris Martin, wide receiver for the New England Bear, the New England Bearcats. Thank you so much for joining us, Chris. Uh, the Bearcats' next game is Saturday, April 23rd in Haverhill, Massachusetts against the New York uh, Crusaders. This is, is that? Yeah, yeah. New York, so New York Crusaders. Be sure to tune into that on Roku TV and live on their Facebook page to see Chris Martin in action. So, Chris, do you have any other thoughts before we end the show today? I mean, I, I appreciate you having me on, and, and it's great what you're doing. Um, I can't wait to see what you turn out as a, uh, a product. And like I said, we'll, we'll put something out there for you to film and and, and commentate, and I, I can't wait to see what you do with it. So. Thanks. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, Same to you. All right. So that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Be sure to tune in to us live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 730 on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube through Fans Only Sports Network. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you next week over and out.